Welcome to episode 383 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast that is streamed inside of one Dave and Buster's location. Everyone, excited to be here. It's Tuesday morning. I want to say I have to dedicate this show to a fan and listener of the show that really made Brenda and I have a magical night, Sunday night. So uh, on Friday, uh, I heard from a Mr. Ed Robertson of Bare Naked Ladies, and he was so gracious enough to invite Brenda and myself uh, to join him at a concert at Madison Square Garden in which uh, he was, uh, him and the Bare Naked Ladies were playing with Hootie and the Blowfish. And I must say, you know, Sunday nights are nights in which, like, you can do almost nothing and just watch Netflix, or sometimes you can go out and do something completely unexpected. And we had the time of our lives at the concert. So Ed, thank you so much. It was so nice meeting you uh, in in the VIP area. Uh, Brenda really loved the show. We stayed and watched Hootie and they were amazing. Both bands were incredible. And it was just cool to see them up there. You know, this guy who loves pinball, who the only reason I know him is through this pinball podcast. And there we are watching him and his band just rock it and crush it on center stage at Madison Square Garden. Truly, truly an awesome evening. Uh, and we stayed throughout the Hootie performance as well. And I just I have to say, like, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. And it, it just reminds me. Sometimes it reminds me, you know, moments like these, and we're going to talk a little bit about this on Canada's Pinball Podcast, but the whole reason why this hobby is great are all the interesting people that you meet and you find through the pinball hobby, okay? And and the reason why I'm going to talk about that later on after I do the news uh, is simply that there's just a lot of drama going on in pinball lately, and I think it's it's eroding away at really the, the reason why we're all in this hobby, which is just to hang out and geek out over this non-essential toy, as I always say it. All right, so let's talk about some news item. First and foremost, where do I want to start? Let's start with Dutch pinball because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you go on eBay, you will if you search for pinball machine and highest price pinball machine for sale, you will find a big Lebowski that is up there by yours truly. Now, if you don't realize that that eBay listing is a simple troll posting by yours truly, that I think you need to understand the context of this show. We are here to entertain you. We are here to make you laugh. We are here to provide enjoyment. And I, I listened to another pinball podcast, like sincerely and earnestly attacking that listing, calling me a greedy this and that. It's so funny to me that a simple troll post on eBay becomes the entire segment of someone else's podcast. Everyone needs to lighten up in this hobby and understand when something is being put up for pure entertainment value to not take it so seriously. Now, so let's talk about the Big Lebowski. So the latest is this. Um, first and foremost, I don't know what I'm doing with the Big Lebowski. I don't I don't know if I'm going to keep it. I don't know if I'm going to do something with it. But here's the thing I want to just ask you guys out there because th- this seems to be like a moral debate going on right now. Let's break it down on the first thing is people need to stop saying, and, and this is for all of you streamers and podcasters and people that are talking on, on the forums, people need to stop saying that people are buying these games from Barry and Yop. They are not. The money is going from Cointaker to ARA. I don't understand how people keep getting this part of the agreement wrong. This is not anything other than ARA won the lawsuit, it's their property, and they're selling these games, okay? Now, if you don't want to just understand that and you can keep going off and complaining that people are giving Dutch pinball money and they're crooks, and they are. I think they did criminal behavior, and I think they are crooks, but these games are being sold by ARA. Now, okay, then the second question is this. What what are people supposed to do? Is nobody supposed to buy these games? What like what 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 is the what what outcome would some of these people like to happen? Is ARA not allowed to sell these games to get back some of the money they're owed? I mean, that is where it's at. I feel like there's people looking at this situation and they're looking at it with like idealism. Like and and then they complain about it. But there's just this is what's going to happen. These games are going to be sold by ARA and people w- w- would have been given, you know, the opportunity to buy them. And you know, there's people who say the EAs should have had first crack at them. Okay. I I don't know how you do this the right way. 
but I just keep I keep hearing people complaining that people are giving money to Barry and, and he's getting you know get out of free jail card. Uh, I, I don't think that's the case. I think Barry is giving ARA the money or the money's going right to ARA and that's that. And I don't think these games are ever going to get off the ground again for all the different reasons Ben Heck and I mentioned on our previous podcast. Um, but what are we? What are we, the 40 people who are buying one of these games? Now, there's 39 other people out there who are also buying a game through Cointaker or a few through Nitro. All right. So what, what are we? Are we unethical vultures as someone said on Pinside. I'm going to talk a little bit about that individual later on in this podcast. Unethical vultures who swooped in and bought games that belong to someone else. Okay, so I guess the question I have for all of you out there is what do you think would happen if these 40 games went up for sale? If they The next morning, if they went up for sale on Cointaker's website, they would have been purchased immediately. These games were going to sell out immediately or next to immediately. So I don't understand what you do. And please, someone tell me, email me, what, what should have been done with these 40 games? Should the company have gone bankrupt and you auction off those 40 games at for the highest price possible and then divide that money up amongst the EAs, right? That was what a lot of people suggested should happen with those magic girls. So I don't know what you do. All I know is these games went up for sale. I bought one and other people had a chance to buy one. In fact, there might have been someone who bought two. Uh-oh, Canada spreading a little drama rumor. Uh-oh, who could it be? No, it wasn't me. Um, but anyway, you know what I'm saying is like maybe this is just the way it happened. And so what can we do from here is just accept the fact that ARA sold these games to 40 new buyers and that's that. Any vitriol you have, I, I don't think it should go towards myself and the 39 other people who bought one. Any anger you have shouldn't go towards ARA. They made the games and they got stiffed by Barry and Yop years ago. Any anger shouldn't go towards Cointaker. They're just doing the deal with ARA. Your anger is all misplaced if it's not going to Barry. Right, people were gonna buy these games, and I think you just have to understand that. Now, the other the, the other ethical debate is this: if you're one of those forty people who bought these games, other people want to tell you what you're allowed to do with the game, and this is where I'm sort of like stuck. It's like I'm stuck in this position where I'm not allowed to do anything other than enjoy the game. Right? If I want to sell the game, okay, let's say I buy the game, let's say I open it and I enjoy it, and then I want to sell it. What am I allowed to sell it for? Because according to a lot of people out there, if you're going to sell this game and make a profit, you're, you're just a despicable human being. That you should not allow the market demand and supply economics weigh in here. That you should do something ethical and moral with this device, or else you're going to be like lambasted by other people in the pinball, you know, pinball hobby. And I just want to say, this is a freaking pinball machine, people. It's I don't have, you know, a cure to cancer. I don't have. This is not some medicine that sick people need to feel better. And you know, like some of those pharmaceutical jerks out there in the world who are like raising the prices of people's diabetes medicine by like two thousand percent. You know, this isn't something necessary for survival. It's a pinball machine based on the Big Lebowski movie. That's what it is. And people got burned because they put money into a company that was mismanaged. But moving forward, if you buy this game, I just feel like there's just a, you know, the, the vultures that are circling around this whole thing are, are, are on both sides of the fence. They're the new buyers are considered to be vultures, but you have the old EAs that got burned who are also now, you know, behaving in a way where like they, they feel like they have a right to, to dictate what happens with all this stuff. And ironically, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, it's like, it's crazy to me that even people who got refunds are, are talking the loudest and being the most upset about this whole transaction. All right, and we're, we're gonna talk a little bit about that at the end of the show. All right, okay. So my whole thing is this: we're all grown men. Everyone had a chance to get one. I think if you if you if you were fast and moved moved quickly, we all knew this was gonna be something that went quickly. And it's something about if you're if you're hyper into the hobby and you're on pin side, I mean, it's just early bird gets the worm with these kinds of deals. There was no other way they were going to do it. Um, and so if you got one, I think you're a grown man and you're allowed to do whatever you want with it. If you got burned by, you know, Barry and Yop, I think you should you just you're going to hate them all over again. 
And I, I think these games still have a lot of question marks associated with them. And we'll see what happens with them. But the, the reason I put up, if you go look at my eBay listing, I, I do think there needs to be a little bit, a little bit of, of laughing at what a joke this whole damn Dutch pinball debacle has been over the years. It's, it's, it's a never-ending joke. We've, we've called it that. But do not, do not for a moment, call me a hypocrite because if, you, uh, if you've listened to any of these shows over the years, I've always said that the Big Lebowski is one game that I would love to have, and I think it's the best world under glass game that I've seen in the last 10 years of pinball easily. All right, so here's the update on Dutch pinball, though. Uh, so even though in the Netherlands they're going on their like three-week August vacation, uh, Dutch pinball will not be on vacation. That the games... Let's see, the ARA is, uh, let's see, the first 20 games are ready for shipment. And yesterday evening, Dutch time, Dutch Pinball received the shipping bills from Cointaker. So shipments will be happening very soon. Uh, And testing was 100%. All have been unboxed. Firmware upgrade is to be done by the owners, however. And this was never promised by Barry. But the newest release will be out soon. So focus on the focus is on getting games out. So, all right. So that's the latest on the Big Lebowski. Uh, why, if they're unboxing these games and Barry is going over these games, why are they not putting in the new code into the games? I'll tell you why. I think they're not doing it. I'll tell you why. I don't think he wants to turn the game on. I don't. I don't think he wants to risk anything happening with any of those games before they go overseas to Cointaker. I think what they're getting is a visual inspection. And you you best believe, I bet those inspections are like, yep, looks good to me. Ship them to America for those $12,500 buyers. I would still be very nervous that all of these games, after sitting for three years, when you first plug them in, are going to be fully functioning. And I, I think... As I said before, I do think Cointaker should have had maybe someone over there look like look over these games. Now, that's the problem, right? Here's the problem with the whole thing. These games are pre-sold now. Like, they've sold all 40 of them. So what do you do if you turn the game on and something's malfunctioning? So what happens then? Then you start to get into real disaster territory where... Well, what, what if the game has to be fixed? Like, do they have access to those parts? Uh, and then what happens to the person who bought that game? He's now, he doesn't, you know, doesn't want to get a broken game. And I think a lot of this is starting to like, you know, uncover for people or, or, or present to people. The real issue with these games is how will they hold up and how reliable will they be? I was listening to, um, to Head to Head Pinball and they were talking about this and I believe Joe over there was like talking about how these games are, you know, reliable. And and no, they're not. I mean, you have to look no further than to Sunshine Laundromat. I think he has two of them that are broken. Uh, So these games, when they have been on location and they've been brought to shows, they are very frequently turned off with having some issues. So... I would be nervous. I would be nervous. I, I, And I am a little nervous. And it's also, you can't blame me. It's one of the reasons why I'm not just like, well, unbox it and put it in here and like, let's just play the game. Because uh, you have to be nervous that the reliability of these things could, you know, could really impact the, the enjoyment of owning it. Okay. All right. Let's move on to, let's get out of Dutch Pinball and it's always so damn dramatic. All right, but I think you'll laugh when you see the new price of the game I put on, uh, on on eBay. We'll see if someone can figure out that little Easter egg there. All right, Stern Pinball, Jurassic Park. The pros are shipping, and I think it's amazing. I think sometimes you know we get caught up in all these dramatic other storylines, but the truth is you look at Stern Pinball and the time period between revealing Jurassic Park and putting pros in boxes and sending them to consumers – is insanely fast and within just a few weeks i think a couple weeks games are already out to consumers so uh really exciting time there's been nothing but glowing remarks for this game i can't wait to play one there was a great stream last night on flipping out uh pinball's twitch stream they had uh chuck who did the animations for the game uh, I wasn't able to watch it. I was bummed out. I, I was just super tired last night. I came back 
after a big ramen dinner and just crashed. But uh, I was watching the stream this morning and it looked like another hell of a good time on a Monday night on that stream. Uh, the game looks great. I think Keith joined for questions. And he said more code is coming. And I love Keith said something. He said, you can never judge a game until the code is at 1.0. And, and I think that's true. Uh, and one point, you know, it's funny because Jersey Jack games like start at 1.0. Uh, but, you know, I love it's such a marketing scheme, like the way these games are all like coded with numbers that mean like who knows what. Uh, but anyway, uh, really, really awesome news that that's going out. I still think you need to get a premium or an LE of this game. I, I, I don't know how you get Jurassic Park and, and don't get the working T-Rex. It seems to be the main reason to own the game. All right. What else is going on? Jurassic Parks are shipping. Uh, let's see, the Munsters. So here's the thing with the Munsters. The Topper has had some mechanical issues. So there is somewhat of like a recall on these Munster Toppers. It's the Cuckoo Clock. Uh, just the latest update there is that the manufacturer, I think it's Elliot, they're, re they're, they're taking back all the Toppers. They found out what the problem is. They're making sure each one works on a game before they put them into a box and send them to customers. So if you are in on a Munsters Topper, uh, it looks like they will be shipping at the end of this month. So there you go. I, you know me. I love a good topper. Uh, all right. What else is going on in Stern World? Uh, and that's it. You know, this. I don't know about you guys, but here's what's funny to me. It's like, doesn't it feel like Jurassic Park came out like four months ago? It's like the way that we, we, we build up such excitement. The games come out. And then we're like, what's next? What's next? Give me like Elvira. Give me the next games from Stern. I wonder if Ninja Turtles with Zombie Yeti, what's all, you know, we, we are so quickly, I don't know, on to the next when you, when you think about pinball every day. I think the key is not to think about pinball every day and enjoy these games for what they are and give a game a chance uh, to win you over. And, and really get immersed in each new game instead of thinking about always what's around the corner. But I know that's a futile thing to ask of people like you because we love pinball so much. We can't help but always be dreaming about the next title. And you know how we all are. It's that the next game is always going to be the best game. That's how it is in pinball, right? All right, what else is going on? Nothing else other than Elvira's next from Stern. Let's talk about Jersey Jack Pinball. So Jersey Jack, any news, any updates? Nothing really. Willy Wonka Ellie's are going out. I'm seeing more and more Wonka Ellie unboxings, which is great. It, it, it feels like Jack, for and when it comes to getting games out the door, Jack has lived up to his word on Willy Wonka. People are getting the game. People are enjoying the game. Now, are there any issues with this game? Uh, there are some issues out of box, mainly uh, the trough error. I think there's something with the opto boards on it that they, they've, they've fixed. Uh, the other thing that I'm reading about more and more, and people have been sort of saying, hey, look, owners, you need to look to see if you have this problem. And that is that there's a diverter issue on Willy Wonka pinball. I want to read something that someone wrote on Pinside. I think it was like Vivid Psycho. I don't know, Vivid Psychosis. So I don't, I'm like making up names. He said, I bet that many of you are experiencing it, but don't realize it. That diverter diverts more often than you think. There are two issues right now that happen frequently. One, the ball goes up the ramp fast and goes past the diverter before it even goes down. And so you don't even realize it should be diverted. And two, you know what I always say though? Diverter ignorance is bliss. If you don't know it's about to be diverted and it doesn't divert, are you really disappointed? Think about that for a minute, people. Okay, number two, the ball bounces against the diverter and then comes back down, but the diverter has since gone back up. This is happening on every Wonka in my area, including my own. I average three to four million a game. I know the rules very well and know exactly when it should be diverting and when it misses. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. Look, some people have serious issues in life, and some people have diverter problems on their pinball machine. It's funny because, you know, it, that is like when you think about any of the mechs not operating when it should, the diverter is probably the one of the, the hardest ones to know if it's actually doing what it should be doing when it should be doing it. I mean, 
I feel like we could figure out five different tongue-twisting ways of talking about diverters not diverting when they should be diverting, okay? Um, like like Batman, for example. There, you've got the diverter in the back area that locks the ball into the turntable, and that is one of those examples of when you absolutely know when it's like malfunctioning because if it goes it goes to open up when you have to lock, if it doesn't, you're you're going to have serious issues with the game. The game would be unplayable if the Batman diverter stopped working. But it sounds like the Wonka one, it, it's not. I don't. I don't think you notice it. it. Doesn't sound like it, it's necessary for like any major thing to happen in the game. But if you know the rules and when it should be diverting, I'm going to divert away from this topic right now because it's actually starting to bore me to death. Okay, but you might have a diverter problem on Willy Wonka pinball. All right. So the final question. The final frontier of Willy Wonka Pinball continues to be the collector's edition of the game. All right, now there's something else that I noticed in the Wonka thread, and this is funny. You notice the insert, the big insert, in front of the, you know, the big everlasting gobstopper mechanism. It, it is now just a blank insert. Look at it. It's like this big banana-shaped insert, and it used to say, I believe, big points on it. And instead, now it's just blank, and they removed it, and it looks really unfinished now because you see this clear insert, and then underneath you can see this strip of LED lights, but there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no insert on it. Like it without the big points, it just looks like an unfinished insert in the game. Because it'd be weird to have a big insert like that on a pinball machine uh, with no words on it. So it's really strange move by Jersey Jack Pinball to take that off of the insert. Do you think this was a mistake? Do you think they ordered the inserts without them printed and just had to put them in? Or do you think there was a reason why they removed the words big points? I think those are the words uh, from that insert. So interesting, now there's a, a mod for the game that puts back the big points on the insert. And then there is some speculation that maybe, just maybe, this will also be one of the collector's edition bonus features. Now, speaking of collector's editions, it, it's, now, it's now or never for, for Jack to show people the collector's editions of the game because distributors are saying that this game will ship in early September. Like in, in in two weeks, these games will be going out to people. Now they have 500 of them that they want to make at $12,500. And nobody, and I mean nobody, not even Richie Wrench, nobody who's ordered a collector's edition knows what the final package is. I think people are going to be somewhat disappointed because I, I don't know why people are saying like what's it going to be we saw what it's going to be already I mean it's on the game matrix it's it's the red candy apple armor it's we saw the artwork we saw what the topper looks like we saw the gobstopper shooter rod and we, we know that's going to have like sparkle on the play field so I don't know why there's like this much confusion as to what it's going to be I just think people want to see what the final package is and if there's any special things they put into the game uh, that make it worth $12,500. Personally, I kind of feel like the LE is the way to go. And with all the mods being made for this game, uh, you can mod your LE to be just as spectacular as, as a collector's edition of the game. And, you know, part of me thinks that maybe 500 might be too many. They should have just made 200 to 250 if you really make it a collectible. All right, let's see what else is going on. Okay, I have a rumor, a Jersey Jack pinball rumor that you're going to hear first on Canada's Pinball Podcast. Are you sitting down? Do we still have your Twippy vote? Is Zach Manny going to invite me onto This Week in Pinball Podcast? By the way, uh, Zach had uh, Ryan C on this week's show, and it was a great show. I mean, it was, it was just so good to hear Ryan C back on the airwaves. He talks about uh, why he's sort of focusing more on, on setting up tournaments uh, versus uh, doing podcasts. But you know me, I've always thought, and we've had, we've had some drama in the pinball podcasting world, but I've always told this to Ryan. I've always said this. I think he's one of the best pinball podcasting personalities there, there has ever been. I always felt like the show was, was really carried by him. Uh, and when he left, it's just never going to be the same without Ryan C on that show. It's kind of like, you know, Slash and Axel need to be together for it to be magical, you know? All right, let's see. So here's the rumor. Here is the rumor. Here is the rumor. I'm hearing that Guns N' Roses will be a standard body game. 
and that it also will not be uh, shown this year. That is being pushed back to January. So uh, January makes sense to me because I do think they want to ship these things by TPF. And so January, February, ship in March, is that how it's going to be? I also think it would be silly, 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 silly for Jersey Jack to show Guns N' Roses too early. Sell as many Willy Wonkas as you can before uh, you show Guns N' Roses. I also would recommend to Jersey Jack Pinball that they do the following. I wouldn't show your next pin until, until it is on the line. I still think, you know, Stern beats Jersey Jack at this. I still think that, you know, Jack still, even, even though it's only two months, it's still two months. And, and I still think they can get that time period down. You know, I, I, I heard from someone at Jersey Jack, that, you know, the reason why people wait for collector's editions is we want to iron out all the kinks first. I don't know. I think you have to test these games. It's hard, right? It's hard because you can't put the games on location uh, without spoiling the reveal. But without having the games on location, you're not testing the games properly to catch issues. I don't know how you win there. I think from a marketing standpoint, the way games are going into homes now more than arcades, I, I do think you kind of have to you know, not put them out in the world because you'd lose so much marketing hype by the time you went to put the games in boxes. And it's more important to get the money than it is to get the quality control issues figured out, right? Oh, and the one issue, I mean, sorry guys, I'm like, you know me, I don't do notes. The other issue that's just the big issue, and this is the big, is this really fixed or it doesn't seem like it is, and that is the play field issues. And I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about this, but we are seeing the same type of play field where on Willy Wonka play fields that we saw on Pirates of the Caribbean and by where, I mean that rippling effect of the clear coat around different posts in the game. And so this is a real serious issue that I think a lot of people are just either trying to ignore or just put out of mind. But if your play field is rippling, the next thing that's going to happen is chipping. I mean, we know that. Like, this isn't this isn't like, well, it's, I can live with that, you know, but that leads to something else as a ball rolls over you know rippled clear coat it is going to eventually chip away at the clear and when it chips up comes the artwork and then when you have a chip play field for a lot of you collectors out there uh, you will have no peace of mind when you stare down at that play field uh, so the uh, you know the issue then becomes this who's to blame is it mirko right i think that's how you say it they are the pro producers of these play fields and I keep seeing different games coming from this company that are having these issues. Now, is it their fault? Is the clear coat not allowed enough time to cure? Are, are, are pirates, are people, are they screwing in the post too tight? Is this a manufacturing issue, right? Is, are the line workers over torquing the post, which is causing this? Nobody really knows. And that's why it's, it's a concern. And it just seems like they can't figure out the problem. And the fact that it's also happening on Willy Wonka when they knew it was happening on Pirates of the Caribbean leads me to believe that Jersey Jack has no clue why this is happening. And they will send you washer kits to sort of cover up the problem, but that's not solving the problem. And I think what people are looking for is, is to solve the root of this problem. Now, Someone also put up pictures of, of a Guardians of the Galaxy, also made by Mirko, with the same issue. So is this, this isn't just a Jersey Jack issue, or is this what I, I, I fear it might be? Does this only impact a certain number of games, and it's just within the acceptable limits of how these playfields are made? And so you might get a good one, or you might get a bad one. And that's even more unsettling to people, that it's a roll of the dice for this much money on whether or not you're going to get a good game or a bad game. And did this happen before in pinball? That's the other part, too. When we Sometimes when we look at modern pinball games and we see some issues like this, I think sometimes we have a little bit of revisionist history that none of these issues ever impacted older games because people would be like, I'm looking at my Tron right now and it's perfect. I'm looking at my Lord of the Rings and it's perfect, right? It's, it's like sometimes we have a tendency to do that 
And those people aren't wrong, you know, but there's also, you can look at old games and see incredibly bad wear on play fields and, you know, chunks of artwork missing and horrible wear and scoop areas. And, you know, the never ending mission to keep these pinball machines perfect is always an exercise in futility as a steel ball is trying to destroy, you know, your mint machine every day it's being played. Uh, But I do think we need to get to the bottom of this issue. I do think we need to continue to talk about this issue. I think other podcasts out there should be addressing this issue. And I think other, you know, I know other pinball podcasters that are having this issue. And and I think people, I don't know, I, I feel like it's frustrating to people I think we're most frustrated because we don't know what to do. You know, I went to go hit up Mirko and and Jonathan Justin was like, why would you go after them? Why would you? I'm like, because they make the play fields. I don't, I, I don't understand why I wouldn't start there. I don't think it's Jersey Jack's fault. I don't think it's Stern's fault. I think the play field manufacturer out of anybody should have answers onto why this is happening to the things they are making. So if you know Mirko, and I think we all should put pressure on them to at least give us an answer on why this is happening and what potential resolutions could come of this. All right, enough talking about the play fields. Go on. Let's keep going. Let's see what else I got here. What do I want to talk to you kids about? We covered that. We covered that. We covered Dutch. Okay, if you want to understand the power of Chicago Gaming Company remakes, you have to look no further than a Theater of Magic pinball machine that is up for sale on Pinside. It is a restoration of Theater of Magic, which is one of the most beautiful restores I've seen of a Theater of Magic ever. I mean, it it is incredibly done. And it is for $7,995. The only other thing I would have done to the game is brass plate it. When you brass plate Theater of Magic and tow it in, it just elevates it. But anyway, a few years ago, if this Theater of Magic went up for sale, it would have been sold that day. I mean, it would have been gobbled up. But now, with with Theater of Magic being one of the very titles that Chicago Gaming Company said they will remake, look at what is happening to the secondhand sale of the classic Theater of Magic games. It's almost like nobody wants the older games knowing that Chicago Gaming Company is going to remake it with better LCD screen, with some enhancements, and it's just it's cut the legs off on, on secondhand sales of original titles, and that is why like the people who are who are gonna like feel it the most. And I know, I know that this company's work is incredible, and I know it's a whole it's even better than new. But for people who invested a lot of money in 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 HEP restorations like high-end pinball restorations and I mean people were spending like twelve thousand fifteen thousand dollars on hep restored games and most of those games were games like medieval madness and games like theater of magic and games like big bang bar and tales of the arabian nights you know they were like you would only want to restore the the sought after collectibles and now that a lot of those games are on cgc's list to remake I mean, I bet business at HEP is not as good as it used to be. And I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people are realizing that when you remake it and you remake it even better, uh, it's definitely going to put a sting on the price and the ability to sell some of those older titles. All right. All right. What else is going on in pinball? Okay. So here's what I want to end the show with. I want to end the show with just some of the pinball drama that we haven't been talking about that I normally would address on this show. And you know me. I'm never one to shy away from pinball drama. People think I love to create the drama. I think if you if you've listened to the show, you've realized we've 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 changed our tune. We're not on this like personal attack like mode anymore. We're not going after people. We're, we're, if we're gonna critique you and make fun of you, it's it's gonna be because of something you did in pinball. You know, like if you made horrendous artwork for Oktoberfest, I'm gonna call you out on it. I'm not gonna personally start attacking you, but I'll say like I think the art sucks. Like I can say that. Like this is what we do on the show. But there's been a few things that have happened that I haven't addressed, and I want to address them quickly, and then I want to read a few of your emails, and then the show's going to be done. How's that sound, all right? Okay, so something happened at Pimberg, and a comment was made during a stream in which there were two men and a woman who were doing the commentating on the Pimberg tournament. And a comment was made in which 
I believe the male host was referring to the female and said something like, and bringing the beauty and the brains. And and I, I should just play the clip. I don't have it on me. But but basically, you know, it, it, it could have been seen as a sexist, com- sexist comment to say that, right? That you have a woman up there and you're saying she brings the beauty. It's And then I think the, you know, the announcer quickly realized his mistake and, and apologized and said he was talking about himself. And, you know, I watched the clip. And I, I, I realized what he did, and, and I didn't take huge offense to it. I don't think she took offense to it. She quickly accepted his apology and his remarks, and they went on with it. But unfortunately, that little slip, that, that little comment became a big topic of discussion, which then spilled over into social media, because that's what happens today, right? You make one little mistake, or you say a little thing that's you know a faux pas, or, and you... and, and and regardless of the context, regardless of the people, it's then put on social media for people to judge, and then it's put out there to crucify the person who made a mistake. And then all of the wolves come in and just start absolutely going after this guy. And I want to say the reason why I don't like to get in, involved in some of this stuff is I, I just think that it's not worth it. I, I love pinball. You love pinball. When I see this stuff happening, it's it's just not part of pinball. And, you know, we, we start to focus on people and their personalities and the extreme sides of their personalities. You start to get into it. And you could clearly start to see, like, people's, like, political beliefs and their social beliefs. And I don't come to the pinball hobby to have discussions about all of these other parts of people's personalities. I don't come to pinball to have discussions about sexism or racism or politics or all this stuff, right? But yet every once in a while, this pops up in the pinball world and it and it literally never ends well, right? I've never seen it happen where it ends well. And so this then created a war between two individuals in the pinball community, uh, between Bowen Kearns and Christopher Franchi. And and so, you know, Bowen, on his side of the fence, it's like he's coming out with his group, like kind of going after, I, I feel like, this guy. I think this all spilled over from the artwork at Pintastic in, in Boston in which Franchi, you know, drew his picture and people took offense to that and came out against it. And uh, look... Look, the whole thing is this. I, I, I saw there was then a challenge to have a pay-per-view Bowen versus Franchi battle, a pay-per-view event like on another podcast. And, and the whole thing became just everything that sucks about pinball drama and when people start getting in attack mode against each other. It, it, it doesn't make me want to like read it. It doesn't make me want to like comment on it. It doesn't make me excited to be in a hobby that's got people fighting like this, right? And th- these people clearly have differences of opinions. Uh, and the problem with all this stuff is it's, it's like there's no right or wrong with some of this stuff. Now, there are things when there is a clear cut right or wrong, right? Like the Tommy Floyd situation with Aaron and that that to me is like look that's you can't do that like there is a right or wrong you know and that's the other thing i saw was uh you know tommy's wife went on the pin side and said something like yeah she's a a lesbian with an agenda and then i was like oh my god like is nobody learning lessons here is nobody are people drinking when they write this stuff are why are they saying this stuff all this is going to do is make a bad situation worse and I, I just, I get you see, you see how like now like this podcast has gone from like exciting and we're 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 you know we're we're entertaining to like this sucks like talking about this stuff just completely sucks. And what sucks the most too is you know the other thing that happened is one of my best pinball friends who I talk to almost daily for years unfriends me on Facebook because I bought a Big Lebowski. You know, I'm guess I'm one of those unethical vultures and and that's mr greg colton rare hero who i I think is an awesome guy and you know i just don't understand why this stuff happens like and he didn't he didn't like you know he kind of told me he kind of warned me he's like if you buy one i'm not going to talk to you and i'm like i don't understand why you got a refund like the games are going to go up for sale you know i'm a pinball collector and speculator like this is this has always been on my radar 
Um, so, you know, that sucks too, because I, I hate to lose good friends in this hobby over these dramatic storylines. To just put a bow on everything, I, I think people need to treat each other with respect. I, I think that people need to also go directly to people if you have an issue with them. You take things to social media and you just you 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 like get this mob going. There's like mob mentality, and I, and I think it's juvenile. I think it's why social media sucks on so many levels, and I think that people need to you know hold each other accountable for their behaviors. But and this is the big but, but there also needs to be forgiveness in this world. And that is something that I've found doesn't happen very often, that you are just crucified. And even if you apologize, like for your behavior, you, you are never forgiven, you know, and, and, and that just spoils, I, I, I think, everything that we live in this like judge, jury and executioner uh, environment in the world. And it's, 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 it's I, look, like, I'm just gonna say it, like, I've apologized so many times, so many times to uh, the people that I've offended in this hobby. Of of course, I'm sorry for my behavior that happened at the New York City Pinball Championship. I've apologized to Tim Sexton. I apologized to Levy. Uh, You know, I've even tried to like meet up with them. And and here's the thing, here's the thing. You know know what I always notice is like, even though I'm sorry, even though I say I'm sorry, it's hard for people, you know, ultimately it takes the biggest man. You know, look, apologizing is one thing. The biggest, it takes the biggest man to in to accept an apology and say thank you for apologizing let's move on you know and that's that's what i think you know people need to learn is how to forgive and move on from some of these things uh, but ultimately you know then when i see like tommy's wife i'm like what like we need nothing no progress has been made and in fact people are hunkering down in, in being angry and, and being malicious and and not feeling sorry and there's no place for that in pinball and I do think this is a really good community, and I think it's filled with primarily incredible people across the board, and there's so much enjoyment, there's so much to be thankful for in pinball, and I think all of the really cancerous people and cantankerous people, they will be weeded out by the good people in, in this hobby. They will be, and all the bad companies will be weeded out by natural selection. It will happen, and it's it has happened. And so, you know, I just want to end this podcast on that note, which is just like, let's enjoy this hobby. Let's treat each other respectfully. Um, But let's also, you know, we can share our opinions that we have about these games and we can share our opinions about, you know, the code and the artwork and the layouts. All that stuff is fine. It's fine. We, we, We can complain about the pinball itself. But when we start using pinball as a platform, to then go on the attack against other people on all these social and political issues. No, none of that should be in this hobby, and I think it brings it down. Let's bring it back up a notch by saying, um, what do I want to finish by saying? I'll just say this too. I don't know what I'm doing with Lebowski. I don't know what I'm doing with that Pirates of the Caribbean. I want to see Willy Wonka Collector's Edition, and I, I, I got to just be honest with all of you right now. The reason why I always have these dilemmas about what to do with these games, I'm going to I'm going to be fully brutally candid right now. Here's the truth coming from me. It is because none of these games, I mean none of them, none of them are themes to me that are like bolt this to the ground, this is my favorite theme and and I need to own this machine at all costs. Like none of them. There are a few themes for me that would do that. Number one, first and foremost, is Transformers the movie, G1. That movie to me, if there was a pinball machine, you know, I would have waited an eternity for this. It's over, Prime. Like the lines arise, Rodimus Prime. Like you got the touch and dare. And it's the perfect mode-based pinball machine to work together with the Decepticons to defeat Unicron. And it's all those scenes with Unicron and Galvatron Everything that happens in that movie would make a perfect pinball experience, and I can see it now, and it's my dream theme. Okay, if they made that, I would spend $20,000 on a collector's edition. You know, I've always said it, Big Trouble in Little China. I just want campy. Back to the Future would be another one. Top Gun would be another one. Karate Kid would be another one. 
Jurassic Park, the first movie. Like, it's so funny for me to uh, put Jurassic Park in there. I just want a Jurassic Park adventure. Uh, we couldn't get the Jeep for you, but we wanted the Jeep. No, but you know what I'm saying? It's like those iconic movies that you've seen over and over again that you just know every line from, that you've just watched hundreds of times. That's what I want. That's not Batman 66 to me. That's not the Big Lebowski to me. That's not Pirates of the Caribbean to me. Uh, and so that leads me to always, you know, I'm always like, yeah, I want to play it, but it's still not my dream. It's These aren't my dream themes. All right, let me read some emails, then I'm going to let you guys go. All right, how's that sound? Okay, here we go. Email number one, do, 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 I think, okay, I'm going back here. Episode 382. Clint said, yes, you are being a jerk. I agree that the press release overhyped the announcement that two P3 multimorphic machines are being placed in a single Dave and Buster's location, but this should be seen as a positive accomplishment and not something to make fun of. I agree that most of the machines in Dave and Buster's are designed for kids and don't require any skill, but also consider that many adults go to Dave and Buster's with and without kids and probably looking for something more substantial to play. With a few choices, hopefully the P3s are good earners and don't break down. If so, hopefully Jerry can get them into many more locations and new people are exposed to pinball. All right, I got. Let me. I'm gonna read. I think I got a few more Dutch pin. Uh, sorry, uh, Dave and Buster's emails. Let me see what else I got. Well, first of all, let me say this. Like, I still think it's funny that everyone is like, "This is a great day for pinball. This is a historic breakthrough moment." Canada's a jerk for making fun of this. First of all, I, I wonder, did Jerry even, did he sell these? I bet they're just on loan to see how they do. Um, I also think that no pinball works other than his platform. I think the head, heads up game works for Pete, for Dave and Buster's because of how it's a timed game and it's like super easy to, and intuitive to figure out that game. Yeah, go put a Walking Dead inside of Dave and Buster's and see how well that game earns. Zilch. You people, the people, that's why I don't get it. It's like, and I think what it does is it exposes for a lot of people how overly complex and ridiculous modern pinball is to the point where like no casual person can walk up and really enjoy most of these modern pinball games. And it should be an eye-opening thing to people that I don't know why more basic, in, immediately enjoyable pinball is not available in the world. It, 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 and And there's no way to set the games. And I've always said this, there should be a beginner mode in pinball games that allow them to be much more like immediately gratifying and satisfying to casual players versus having to know like these these deep rule sets in all these modern games. Um, but look, it's not a breakthrough moment in pinball. Like you, can, everyone wants to feel that way. Fine, go feel that way. All right, let's see what else I got. All right, I got an email. Do do do. Ben Crane says, Dave and Buster's Chris. Was Jerry trying to shove a P3 up your butt as you were recording the last podcast? For, for the amount of anger and swearing, I would have thought so. No, Jerry was not trying to shove a P3 up my butt. But that would have meant one more P3 was being shipped to a location, which would have been a good thing and a groundbreaking thing for pinball. All right, I got an email from FM. He says, decisions, decisions. Keep the Pirates of the Caribbean no-brainer. Have a nice weekend. All right. Let's see. Do, do, do. I got an email. Do, do, do. Uh, Carl. Carl wrote, are you effing kidding me? He says, Car okay. So Carl sent me this thing. He says, Kaneda, are you effing kidding me? You are being a a-hole about this. What pinball machines have you ever seen in Dave and Buster's ever? Well, the answer is none, Carl, because Dave and Buster's is on a mission to make, ready for it? Are you ready for it? They're on a mission to make money and they can make so much more money without pinball. Okay, he then goes on to say, when I entered my first Dave and Buster's many years ago, I had high hopes of finding a pinball machine to play. Any pinball machine to play. Why? Why, Carl? Why did you have high hopes of playing pinball at Dave and Buster's? Was there not the internet years ago in which you could go to Dave and Buster's and see what kind of games they had? Come on, you knew there was no pinball in Dave and Buster's. All right, I'll go on. He says, I hoped in some way D&B would give a nod to earlier days of arcades in the 70s and 80s, or at least throw a pin or two in the back corner for all the dads who brought their sons into the place and let them loose. All right, in mindless, larger-than-life redemption games that dominate the landscape. Nope, not one. 
In the several years since, I was relegated to the bar area, watching football instead of enjoying pinball. So I do get what you're saying there, Carl, and it's a good point. Like if you're bringing your kids and you want to play something that you grew up with, there is not much at Dave & Buster's. And I, I agree with that. He says, listen, I get it. Pinball does not return the same dollars per square foot uh, for DB as uh, other stuff. Say what you will about them, but they have a good business model and have survived the test of time adapting. Redemption games are largely mindless. Very little skill involved, mostly luck. The loud noises, lights, and stroke-inducing atmosphere entices younger crowds um, much the same way pinball and video games, much the same way, he wrote mush, by the way, much the same way pinball and video games once did us. Give Multimorphic its due. How many Stern or JJP pinball machines have you found in DNB? It is groundbreaking, though, if only in the smallest of ways. Okay, groundbreaking and in smallest of ways is oxymoronic, Carl. We need to stop pretending. It's not groundbreaking. If Stern Pinball wanted to be in Dave and Buster's, let me tell you, they would be. They don't want to be. I'll tell you why they don't want to be. Because when a game breaks, they don't want to have to be responsible for fixing it. And I bet you nobody who does maintenance at Dave and Buster's has any idea how to fix a game. There's something that they they don't they don't ever even have to own a damn soldering iron to probably fix modern DMB games. All right. He then goes on to say, let's see. Da, 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 da. Perhaps Medieval Madness has the combination of mechanical pinball and video game playfield that works at, oh, multimorphic. Sorry. He just said MM. Uh, one out of 100 kids will play the P3 and like it. Might this be the introduction to the world of pinball to which these kids have never been exposed? Stop being so negative about the opportunity to expand the hobby. Welcome every opportunity to get pinball exposure. This may be the tip of the iceberg. Then again, maybe not. We are all ambassadors to the pinball hobby. So then I responded to Carl with a picture and said, here's the tip of the iceberg that just happened with Multimorphic. And it was a picture of the Titanic sinking. <laughs> so look, and like I'm also doing this to be facetious and to be sarcastic. And I'm joking around a lot. But look, here's, here's the thing. For all you pinball people out there, who are like saying we should be congratulating, you know, Jerry and P3 Multimorphic and in getting into Dave and Buster's. I want to tell all of you out there, all 2000 plus people who listen, all the other pinball podcasters out there that are celebrating this. You, you guys are the hypocrites. If you really want to support the expansion of pinball and and get new pinball companies off the ground, then go buy a, a freaking Multimorphic P3. Why don't you go do that? You guys are the pinball buyers of the world. You guys buy almost everything. You buy almost everything that every gets put in a box, but yet you haven't bought P3 Multimorphic. So why is it? So which one is it? If you really want to see the expansion of pinball and, and help champion this new company into the pinball era, then go buy it. Then go buy it. Go buy, go buy two of them. So yeah, and imagine this. Imagine if that daddy-o walks up to that machine that his kid is enjoying and his two kids are loving it and he's like, oh, I'd love to put heads up in my home. That's cool. Now imagine the look on that father's face when he learns that to have heads up the way it appears at Dave & Buster's is $20,000, okay? And then, oh, and see, this is the thing. It's like, you, you, you don't get it. People in this hobby are so out of touch. If you told the majority of casual people how much a modern pinball game costs, they would laugh in your face. They would think it costs $2,000 at most, starting at $5,500, $6,000, all the way up to $12,500. You, you, you don't get it. You don't get it. Most of these parents are putting money away for their kids' colleges, which are going to cost them $50,000 a year, and you think they would go buy this and this is good for the expansion of pinball and that kids are going to be introduced to pinball? You have the kids today. If you're a little kid, are you pinball is not I'm just whatever. I'm not even going to go down this road again. These people are like living in you don't understand what's going to happen in the world of entertainment in the next 10 years. How 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 incredibly different the world of home entertainment will be 10 years from now. Just think about it. Like 10 years from now, and you think people are going to be lugging around 400-pound boxes of lights. No, it's not going to happen. All right, what else is going on in the pinball world? All right, let's see. All right, let's see. I got this from BB. He says, I have four... This is from Delt. He says, I have four pairs of pin stadiums. Enjoy the product, but you missed the boat in that interview. Cost and lack of 
ambience are the two reasons or ambiance are the two reasons people get upset. All right. I, I mean, I think most people like them adult. They don't return them. And he said the, the Big Lebowski. He also wrote, by the way, you know, you're flipping the Big Lebowski. I know you. You're too logical to open that box and run the risk. I don't think it's funny how you're asking people to tell you, though, makes good radio but you know it's being flipped. Uh, Delt, I don't know it's being flipped, but thank you for telling me it's being flipped. All right, let's see. Uh, Craig Johnson said, Pirates, if you're looking for a suggestion, I would purchase Pirates and ditch Lebowski. Pirates will be fun to play. Lebowski is a collectible, but won't be as fun to play. I played Pirates and Wonka at MGC this year. No contest, Pirates was the better game. I'm left scratching my head as to the business decision to quit making it. I have no interest in a Wonka, never had, never will. I would buy a Pirates immediately if they were available. Played Wonka again recently on location and didn't like it. Never played Lebowski, no interest in owning a pin from a failed company. You sound like you are more into the collectible aspect though. Well, Craig, thank you for your note. And I know where a Pirates can be bought. There is a collector's edition that you could easily buy. Just contact me at canadapinball at gmail.com. All right. I got an email from James. He says, Rome wasn't built in one day. Canada, yeah, I think you are wrong about your rant. You might be correct that the two machines in Dave and Buster's is no big deal, but it certainly can't hurt. There is nothing to lose by trying. All right, James, here's the thing. Everybody, just, just listen to me for a minute. Does putting a pinball machine inside of a food emporium, does that hurt pinball? No. Putting a pinball machine almost anywhere doesn't hurt pinball. The only place you might not want to put a pinball machine is in the middle of like a highway or an intersection. That is the only thing that would hurt pinball if it was causing traffic accidents. But this inane argument that anywhere you put pinball is good for pinball. Yeah, fine, fine. But it's not groundbreaking. You have to understand the hyperbole in which Jerry announced this thing. It was like it was like this revolutionary moment. The new platform, uh, it, fans have spoken that they want a modular-based pinball machine. No, they haven't. The thing is, nobody wants to say this on their podcast, so they can make my podcast a segment of their podcast. But come on, you guys all know, you guys all feel this way. Hey, hey, and this why you're voting once again with your wallets. It's just like the election, man. It's like nobody nobody wants to admit for like being Republican in 2019, but people will vote with their wallets. It's the same way people are voting with their wallets in their choice not to acquire a P3. Okay, then he writes, um, you never know what might happen. The bottom line is doing nothing certainly won't help the pinball industry. Have zero games in Dave and Buster's has zero chance to succeed. Yeah, like what is this, Wayne Gretzky? You miss 100% of the shots you never take in life. James, thank you for your note. But let's all stop being foolish here. Stern Pinball is selling five to 6,000. No, they're selling more. They might sell like 10,000 machines a year. I don't understand. I don't understand. Has Stern Pinball ever put out a press release boasting about anything about how they're expanding pinball? No, because they're too busy being a lifestyle brand. Haven't you heard? They're a lifestyle brand. They're not a pinball company. Um, They're a lifestyle brand. They make beautiful t-shirts that make you look like you're painting a house. All right. What else is going on? Jason, let me see. Uh, Kevin Clements. All right, Kevin, I'm going to read your note some other time. Interesting. He went by Stern's factory. All right. I'm going to end the show there because I want to get to work. I need to walk Bubba. Uh, it's been an hour show. So we came back. We gave you an hour. Is that good? Are you happy? Are you are you mad at Canada? Are you going to stop listening to Canada? Am I no longer going to get your votes for the Twippy? I mean, what's happening, people? I love doing the show. I thank all you guys for listening. Ed Robertson, thank you so much for thinking of us. We had such an amazing time. Brenda loves you. She loved the music. I love listening to like virtuoso musicians get up there and just jam. It's like they don't even hit a bad note. I play piano and every like fifth note is like off. Anyway, guys, enjoy. Enjoy pinball. It's August. Here's my other advice. Get out more. It's beautiful out. It's sunny. The weather's been nice. I haven't been thinking about pinball as much because I've been out and about enjoying the one life we have on this rock that is hurling through space at thousands of miles an hour. We are hurling through space. 
And the last thing that should get you all upset or get you into arguments on Facebook is pinball. Just enjoy life. If you don't like someone, that's cool. You don't have to engage with them. Like Bo and Karen's, he blocked me from his Facebook page. I, I never did anything personally to the guy. I've never even talked to the guy, and yet he's blocked me. You know, Greg Colton has unfriended me. It's fine. They can do what they want. If they don't want to like me, that's okay. All right. They don't have to like me. Uh, but just enjoy pinball. Enjoy each other's company. And just go watch these pinball streams on Twitch. They're so awesome. You know, support the people that are bringing positive energy to this hobby. The Jack Dangers, the Ken Cromwells, you know, the Slap Save guys, the, you know, Jeff Tealises, you know, all these awesome guys. Zach Manny, Greg Bone, This Week in Pinball. And if you haven't donated to This Week in Pinball's website, go donate to it, all right? And it's Brenda's birthday this week, the 15th of August. Where are those Patreon donations, guys? I need to take her out to a dinner, and you can't tell me after 383 episodes, 2,500 listeners per show, that she's gonna eat a crappy meal on that birthday. Come on, let's get those donations going, everyone. Have a great day, we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 